I'm Luke Hawkins, and welcome to the Coaches Podcast. I believe one of the most important gifts you can give yourself is learning, learning what it takes to become all you can be. Your journey to creating a seven-figure business as a coach, consultant, or healer starts right here. Welcome, guys, to Luke Hawkins Student Spotlight. My name is Callum Holt, Head of Operations with Luke, and uh, I'm here today joined by Jamie Flora. So she's an executive coach and resume writer, and uh, as an executive coach and resume writer, she helps senior leaders get clear on their next dream job, get hired, and get paid more than they expect, which I absolutely love. Uh, Jamie is currently in our inner circle program and absolutely smashing it. So I really want to bring her on to, um, you know, give her an opportunity to share her journey. And um, of course, as well, what's working incredibly well for her and her business at the moment. Uh, so Jamie, welcome to the, the podcast. If you could bring everyone up to speed, you know, with your, your story, what you're doing before coaching, um, you know, how you got to, to where you are now, bring it, take it away. Yeah, sure. So I was thinking about this in preparation. My story is kind of this intertwined story of, in, of an employee. I think it's like an entrepreneur who kept trying to be an employee. So I don't know at what point a person is a serial entrepreneur, but I think I'm probably trending that direction. Um, I've always been, I think I've been naturally inclined to sales, but or a saleswoman and didn't really know it until I married my husband, who's a financial advisor which is a sales role. And he's like, babe, you would just kill it in sales. And I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. But I spent, let's see, I started out in business administration and I worked for Wells Fargo, which is a very large bank here in the States. We've got a little bit of a global presence and worked for them for 13 years. Um, during that time, I became really, really sick. Uh, was really underweight, was super stressed and could not figure out what was going on. It took me about five to six doctors to really get answers. Come to find out I had celiac disease, which pointed to basically uh, like my whole, we could look back on my whole life and see these symptoms and instances, but it wasn't until I was, I think, 28 that I finally got the diagnosis. And I was also in a very, very stressful job at that point. I was the executive assistant to, uh, are you ready, to the president of an ultra high net worth investment firm. So our clients had a minimum of $50 million to invest or more. So on the regular, we're working with clients with hundreds of millions of dollars running around with the CEO of Wells Fargo and his operating committee. I mean, it was a full on job while... <laughs> I'm literally falling to pieces on the health front. You know, like I'm, I'm so thin at this point that I literally can only wear spandex because I can't keep pants on my body and I'm not sleeping at night. It's like panic attacks every morning before going to work. And I'm physically ill from not knowing what food to eat. My body was like almost rejecting all food at that point. 
So I really felt like I was in a black hole, you know, and really trying to like crawl my way out of it. And I finally found what I call, I think my fifth and final doctor who helped me get better and help identify the celiac disease. And I had a parasite and we just basically took a nuclear bomb to my, <laughs> to my gut and started over. <laughs> like we just killed everything and started over and coming out of that experience, one, I knew I needed to get out of the position that I was in the executive assistant position and get into a different position that offered more balance so that I could physically heal. Um, but also as I did physically heal and I did get into, actually I went into executive communications as I got into that role, I realized I had so much energy that I wanted to help others through their health journey. And mine, it really took me five to seven years to get better. And I really wanted to shorten that, that journey for other people, whether it was an autoimmune disease they were finding out or just wanting to lose some weight. So I actually went and got certified as a personal trainer. You and I kind of have a similar background in that way. And I also started doing nutrition coaching. And um, it was a wonderful experience. I launched that in April of 2015, and I did that for about five years, um, hustling, just hustling to make a buck and to make it work and to listen to all the experts and how to do it and how to have online presence and see clients in person and yada, yada, yada. Mm. And after a year of that, <laughs> I was no longer underweight. I wasn't trending overweight, but I was beefy. <laughs> I, I was also lifting 45 pound plates and, you know, barbells, like as a part-time job, I was working full-time yeah. at Wells Fargo while running this personal training business. So I like gained a lot. Like I went from like a hundred, I know this is us 106 pounds up to like 136 pounds. Okay. Right. Um, so it was good. I was healthy, but I also wasn't feeling good. I was really fatigued. So I'm like, you know what? There's got to be a smarter way to do this. And, and I really wanted to start taking, I knew that my clients could go farther and I knew I could go farther as their coach. We were both hitting a ceiling. So it was time to go back to school. So I went and I got a uh, coach certification at the life coach school. And, um, came out of that, at the end of that experience, I kind of went into a sabbatical, like a self-reflection time of self-reflection for about three months and just started asking myself questions like, what really lights me up? What really, like, where do I really want to serve people or what like magic do I have to offer the world? And what came to the foreground of my mind was resume writing and career coaching. Mm what I had been doing for the last 13 years at Wells Fargo, I had been on the side of my administrative assistant jobs and my executive communication jobs. I had been helping people with their resumes for free. By the time I left Wells Fargo, I had helped more than 200 employees. No joke, 200 employees with their resumes. And just simply by like spending an hour or two with them on their resume, they were landing jobs that they one could say aren't qualified for on paper, but I helped show how they actually were qualified for roles that they just thought in no way, there's no way I'm going to get hired for that. And, you know, doing family and friends, helping them with their resumes as well. So I'm like, you know, I think I have, an accurate, I have a real gift 
one for the editing piece of the resume, but even just taking the person and helping them remarket themselves and, and develop a high level of confidence to go into the job hunt process. So I took the foundation of my personal training and nutrition coaching business, and I reformulated it into executive coaching or career coaching and resume writing. And it has taken off. (laughs) (laughs) It's, I mean, that's why I'm here today, right? You're like, Hey, Jamie, we got to meet. I'm like, okay. (laughs) It is just like bonkers. So I launched as an executive coach and resume writer in June, 2020. Like I had my first sales, you know, meeting, or I call it a consult, a consultation in June, 2020, late June, I had my first client by July. And it has just been amazing to see what I've been able to create. Now I quit my full-time job at Wells Fargo on Friday, the 13th (laughs) on August, Friday, the 13th. So it hasn't even been three months yet. And I think I don't, I haven't done the math, but if I looked, I feel like what I made in the first eight months of 2020 nearly matches what I've made in the last three months, having gone full-time with the business. Totally. So somewhere in the 2020, 2021 timeframe, I'm usually a stickler for this. Somehow Luke Hawkins came into my like sphere, like came into my world. (laughs) I don't know how he got in. How did you find us? Exactly. (laughs) I'm, it's like, I have no idea. I I literally, I was on the, one of the first calls with Luke and I'm like, I'm going to go to my Chrome, like browser history. And all I could find, there was no searching. There was no whatever. All of a sudden he just shows up in, in his website, shows up in my history. And I'm like, I have no idea if it was LinkedIn, if it was Facebook or what, but somehow it's like, he just came into my orbit and I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> Why am I looking at a business coach in Australia when I live in the States, right? Like, or, I mean, whatever, I'm, I'm open to working with people globally, but I'm like, what is this guy all about? Yeah. And I come from, again, the life coach schools where I graduated from, and we have certain standards. I mean, like, I know it's nighttime <laughs> here, but you can see, right? Like the background is nice. Lighting's great. We have, we are held to incredibly high standards as coaches where we have it kind of like all put together, if you will, on the outside, as we're trying to figure it out on the inside. Yeah. And, um, what I really was attracted to about Luke and how he runs things is that it's, it's almost like, it's almost like the heart was missing from my coaching experience and education, like it all looked great, but like the real true care for me as a business coaching client, like as a client in my other experiences, my other business coaching experiences just wasn't there. Mm. When I met with him, it wasn't as well packaged and like all polished and whatever, right? Like he's like you t-shirt, like it's a totally different brand. But I think it was this opposites attract kind of scenario of like, I think he can show me how to execute like a boss. Like if I've got all this good, let's get the other stuff locked in. And what also was really great about him and what you do too, Callum and Adam, you guys just have this amazing heart for your clients. Hmm. Like just 
I see it in you, like the interview, how I mentioned I was watching a previous interview on the student spotlight, how genuinely, genuinely curious you are about us and our success. And I think that like just shines through any little glossy packaging you might have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's lovely. Yeah, lovely, lovely thing. Um yeah, I, I mean, so many questions in there. I'm, yeah. I'm curious, like, one of the things is, like, someone like you that spent what, 13 years, was it? In, yeah, 13. Yeah, with Wells Fargo. How did you, like, like, that must have been hard to quit. I don't know, maybe it wasn't. Was it just, oh. like, bye, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm going like, to go make more money and have more fun. See you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like in that in that time yeah. though, you formed some some mm-hmm. some deep relationships, and you know yes. you would have like, you know, yeah. I don't know. Was was there was there you know challenge there around leaving that and and even going from. I mean, no matter how entrepreneurial you are, like there's a certain security around being yeah. on a salary, compared to, yeah. you know, bringing in your own your own hunt. You know, going out there and you know. If you're having a crap day, you don't earn anything, you know? Um, (laughs) So I think there's a couple, so a couple of things that I think will help answer those questions. Um, So when I was 22, 23 years old, I actually quit my corporate. I had another full-time work for a different company, full-time corporate job and launched into my first, well, actually it was kind of my second business, if you will. Um, of selling Mary Kay. So we were talking about that um, before I got on. So Mary Kay Cosmetics is a skincare and cosmetics company based out of Dallas, Texas. And um, I signed up with them and was selling skincare and cosmetics and, and developing, you know, growing a team. And by the time I was 23, I actually quit my full-time job. So I had, I had, I had like made the leap, if you will, before, but I was also 23. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't married. I didn't have a house. I didn't have dogs. You know, I didn't have yeah, any, yeah. like, it was just like me in an apartment with my roommate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so, um, yeah, after being at Wells Fargo, you know, so one, it wasn't my first rodeo, but you're totally right. Having 13 years, that's a lot of loyalty, a lot of relationships built. Um, the way that I ended, so I was really afraid I was going to freak out. Like I was going to quit. I was going to have my last day and I was going to go into like this emotional turmoil. Right. And just like not come out for like seven days, just sobbing or something. Right. This huge, like, Oh my gosh. But what I decided to do instead was practice ahead of time. Mm. So in my first business coaching program, before I met Luke, while I would come onto those calls, I would come dressed up like this. Like I, I wasn't the full-time coach yet, but I was going to dress up and show up at the level that I wanted to show up for my clients, literally starting in August, 2020. So for a year, you know, that program was six months and then I had a little bit of break and then I met Luke and I went through his LinkedIn kind of self-service, if you will, LinkedIn advanced LinkedIn course, and then joined inner circle. Um, so, but still, even after that first six month program, I still continued to show up to to practice, to put myself in that future mindset of like, I'm not going to freak out. I know exactly what I'm doing. 
Um, also I will give credit to my husband. He basically said, you can't quit your job until you replace your full-time income, which I'm like, this is insane. I have a six figure salary with Wells Fargo. How am I going to make this work? I'm not two people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that like really, that kept me in this box, if you will, uh, like a workshop, like I just continued to workshop my business model, my pricing model, how I was reaching out. It made me, it like put me in a pressure cooker of like, how can I make things efficient? And so with that really high standard that I was trying to reach, I was able, I think, to create what we're seeing today. We're just seeing what I created full time. Yeah, yeah. before I joined Inner Circle, this is a cool little plug. My uh, average monthly income was four to five thousand dollars US. Yeah, somewhere in there. Now, granted, I had a full time job um, since leaving. Like, so I left in August. In September, I pulled in twelve thousand eight hundred fifty US, and last month I closed nineteen thousand two fifty. This month, it's the fourth day of the month. And I feel like I want to tell you, I want to do the math. If we can do the math quick. Hold on one second. This is going to be amazing. Okay. So like at this point in time, I'm waiting for over $5,700 to basically hit my bank. Like it's been processed. It's just ready. And that's just four days into this month. I mean, it is just bonkers. I say it's bonkers to see what's been happening, but I'm digressing. So to leave Wells Fargo, I practiced ahead of time. I really put myself in that seat of like, we're, you're not going to freak out. You know exactly what you're doing. You've been like, I would just look back and look at how much practice you've had. Mm. And the, everything else is figure out, figure out a bowl, right? Yeah. So how did you, I, I guess the first thing I, I'd ask about that is like, especially new coaches, we like, I talked to a fair few of them, new coaches that, they're in that kind of part of like working at the moment and then kind of wanting to coach and being like, should I just ditch my job and go full-time coaching? And they have zero clients mm-hmm. and they haven't made one sale yet. And it's like, depends how, you know, depends how ballsy you want to be. Um, yes. Yeah, effectively. <laughs> um, but I, I really like that strategy of like, you know, kind of practicing and having a, a period where you're kind of doing both. Did you, did you yeah. like kind of learn to do that like earlier on, you know, when you were doing Mary Kay or like, did that just kind of make sense or how did you learn yeah, maybe. to do that? Maybe the first, the first time was with Mary Kay before I did quit um, for sure. And then I think when I was doing my personal training and nutrition coaching business, I was actually in a really weird spot with Wells Fargo where I actually didn't have a direct manager for two and a half years. And I was reporting to an executive who had 900 people in her organization. So I was like a very small blip on her map. I played a very, very important role. I was doing executive reporting and communications, but I just wasn't needed very much. So I actually like, there were some weeks where I had less than 20 hours of work to do. And so what I did is turned um, my husband and I, we lived in the city in Minneapolis and old house built in like 1904. But what they had done in the nineties was built what we call a mother-in-law suite in the backyard. So it was like 
a studio apartment with a bathroom, fully functional, electricity, the whole thing. I took that standalone building and turned it into a fitness center. And so in between meetings and work with Wells Fargo, I would scamper out to the backyard and train clients (laughs) and then scamper back in and, and do my job. And so I think that's how probably I really learned how to like manage my time and yeah and my efforts, if you will, and, and develop that efficiency of like, okay, like just getting really clear and getting really efficient, like processes in place where I could do a lot in a day. Yeah. That's the other thing I'm kind of curious about that. I wanted to kind of lean into it was like, yeah, like how you balanced those two things in terms of like even I, th- I think you said you were you were doing like before you quit in August you were doing you were doing that part time anyway, mm-hmm. um, but still like I know plenty of people that have tried to to kind of do like two things at the same time and they kind of like <laughs> and I'm one of them like I, I tried to do like personal training mindset coaching um, and um, an MLM business at the same time yeah. And it was it was just wild, and I, like I, I like at any given time, I was like, it was just a mess of trying to work out where I was diverting my energy, oh. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm sure that's the case as well. Like when you have a full time role or even a part time yeah. role, where you know that employer is somewhat calling on you, and then you're trying to also build a business and work out what to do there. How how did you kind of like manage your time and structure? Yeah. And your day and and your weeks to like not just not go crazy, but like make progress, I guess. Yeah. Like be in it and not be yeah. cuckoo. Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I guess when you're when you're in your business uh, during that time, like I, like you're are you just have all your work tabs closed <laughs> and you're just like, so as well as Fargo, I'm not available at the moment. No, like, I literally yeah. rocked two laptops. I mean, like, I think I'm actually on coaching calls. Like I remember get like, you know, coaching through my school. Yeah. And I think there's a, a, a episode or like a, a recording of me where I'm like showing both my laptops of like, I literally would sit with both my laptops on my <clears throat> desk. Maybe one is docked and one's not. And you know, sending off an email via Wells Fargo and like getting something moving there. And then if I'm waiting to hear back from somebody, I shift over and I get something done with the business. So I literally, I basically learned how to manage both, but I'll tell you this, there's something that comes to mind in answering your question Yeah. that I think is a mindset piece, right? Because I can tell you all the action things in the world, but we all know that thinking and how you're managing your mind. That's right. It's starting here. And so for a moment there for like that year, kind of between June, 2020 and August, 2021 for about six to eight months of that time frame, I looked at my business and my full-time role as option A and option A. It wasn't like one superseded the other. It's almost like a mom with two kids. I'm going to give equal attention, right? Babies. I got two babies. I'm going to give equal attention to each of the babies. Like there's no favorites. There's no plain favorites here. I have, I, and it's not option A and option B it's option A and option A. I had this amazing 
job, six-figure salary, doing things. I went to school, my bachelor's degrees in communications. Like I went to school for this. I spent seven years trying to get into communications and I had made it. Yeah. Okay. But I was also dealing with major, I got moved. I had four, four managers in the last 12 months that I was at Wells Fargo. It was ridiculous. So not only was I managing massive amounts of change there, I was trying to scale my business as well. So like (laughs) (laughs) I had to come up with a thought of like, this is option A and option A someday. I'm just going to have one someday that, that tipping point will come. I'll know when it's here, it'll come. But for now it's option A and option A. And I just put my, with that thought in my mind, my brain went to work to say, okay, how can I figure this out? How can I balance both? Yeah. How, how did, how did you like, like, this is even in my role, like mm-hmm. my role with Luke is quite yeah. uh, varied, right? Yeah. And, and, and so I'm really interested in this piece in terms of managing energy levels mm. and um, like for a variety of tasks. Yes. Right. And something like I know this happens to me somewhat sometimes is like if I have like 10,000 different things, like as we're approaching events, right, like mm-hmm. this is happening at the moment as, as we're recording this, we're doing NTT, we're going into that. Um, I've got NTT this afternoon. We had it on Wednesday. Um, and then also next week, then we've also got Seven Figure Academy yes. starting. And then the week after that, we've also got a masterclass. There's a lot of stuff around that I'm managing. And then the week after that, we've got a new course that we're also launching in there. And then the week after that, we've also got an inner circle growth day that we're managing. Yeah. Right. And so there's lots of like kind of competing priorities amongst all this mix and 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 people demanding my attention all the time right from these different kind of priorities and then there's also hiring right i've got like in two hours time i'm like onboarding a new team member <laughs> right <laughs> this and is so- why luke pays you the big bucks hopefully <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right so- <laughs> um and so yeah i'm interested by like i know for myself when i have lots of that kind of like task change slash uh different demanding attention sometimes it like i can feel like draining my energy because i like i'm trying to like Mm -hmm. something demands my attention and i can feel that it i'm like there's a process there it takes like you know one or two seconds of okay what is what's going on over here where's that up to what are they talking about catching myself up to that (laughs) Yeah, I think for you, what it could be is a disruption tolerance. Yeah, yeah, here we go. This sounds juicy. Yeah, I just created this for you. I love it. I'll work with that. (laughs) Let me see what amazing things I can pull out of my brain for you. So we know, so the brain, there's a motivational triad to the brain, right? First is seek pleasure, avoid pain, be efficient, or like do the easy thing. Okay, those are our three things. Yeah. So anytime something like if we're moving on a track, you're like getting the NTT, right? Stuff like I'm in a zone, I'm in a zone. All of a sudden a new team member comes in and it's like eh, disruption. And you're like, oh, freaking A. You're like, eh, can, like, can I just get this thing? Can I just finish this track? Right. Because that is the way that your primitive brain is wired is to be efficient do the thing and get it done. So you can get the great dopamine and other hormone hits of accomplishing something. Right. 
But what I find a lot of people do well at, and I feel like I actually, I don't even know, you might be pulling this out of me, Callum, because, you know, for 13 years at Wells Fargo, I worked for executives, whether I was an administrative assistant supporting them and making their life easier and smoother. And maybe that's part of it is I know how to make someone's schedule super efficient to executive communications where I'm like ghostwriting on their behalf. Okay, so I'm sidetracking. Okay, let's get back to the disruption tolerance. One thing that I noticed in studying all of those executives is the ones that get the most stuff done are the ones that reply to your emails like this. And you're like, how is it possible for you to reply to emails that fast? But I think the key is, is that they've developed a, a, a high level of disruption tolerance, right? That they can be on a track and be disrupted and they don't make it mean anything. Yeah. So if, like we have a thought, like you're on your track working for something and someone pings you, you got to catch that thought. It's so fast, but you're having a thought. And that Sorry. thought is, is creating a feeling of like maybe frustration or disruption or whatever. And then maybe the action that you play out in the world is like being kind of grumpy. Right. Yeah. And the yeah, result is, yeah. The result is like the thing gets done, but maybe now you're beating yourself up for having, you know, responded in a grumpy way where the next time you're on a track, if you can start teaching yourself that a disruption comes in, you're like, this is cool. Like I welcome the disruption. If you think I welcome this disruption super fast, you get that in there. All of a sudden your body, you're feeling more at ease. Yeah. You're going to show up with that person or whatever that disruption is from a more peaceful probably calm, cool, collected place. And you get the thing done and you feel good about yourself afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I so I think that. it's like those thoughts, they can go so fast. I mean, we're kind of yeah. working with our prefrontal cortex and our amygdala, but again, if we can interrupt that and be like, no, disruptions are welcomed. Yeah. Do you, do you find that like, this is a really interesting topic for me because it's like a real world problem that I deal with, right? I love like it on the, on the daily. And Alan's getting coached. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. legit. This, this this is like my opportunity to like live mm. recording get coached. So it's it's great. Um, <laughs> like after watching those, you know, and and helping the executives it be you know high and high performance. Um, like I've kind of played around with myself like different methods in terms of. Ta- like I guess tasks and in their relation with time and mm-hmm. uh, and energy levels in terms of you know do I kind of allocate time blocks for during this period of time I'm I'm getting out of all the things that demand my attention and I'm just focusing on this task all right and uh, you know excuse the French, but basically, yeah, you know, fuck everything else off. (laughs) 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 So I was everyone that demands my attention. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I'm focusing on this. Mm -hmm. Um, I got two things for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Versus I thought of these earlier and I'm like, Ooh, Callum, I got to teach you my calendar, calendar, calendaring scheduling method, whatever. I love it. Okay. And then a book. Hang on one second. I'm going to grab a book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so many of our peeps maybe have heard of this book. Maybe you have too, but this is one of my favorite books, Essentialism. Essentialism, goddamn. By Mr. Greg, I think he said pronounces it McCown. Greg McKeown. Yeah, it's like meow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
the the like the big phrase out of this, like the big takeaway is focusing on the essential few versus the trivial many. Okay. I mean, this it's a look at all these tabs. I don't know. With yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. You all those? Yeah, I can see. Oh, yeah. my word. I love it. It's a, I think it's a very easy read the way that he's laid this out. Um, he actually has a joke about personal trainers in here in the beginning. So you probably appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, here we go. An essentialist. An essentialist thinks about almost um, an essentialist thinks almost everything is non-essential. Okay. Yeah. It distinguishes the vital few from the trivial many. Someone who's not an essentialist, they think almost everything is essential. Yeah. Like I got to do it all. I have to handle it all. I have to do it all. And they view opportunities as basically equal. So an essentialist is just a really great discerner, right? They're able to like take everything that's on their plate, if you will, or things that want to get on their plate. And they just have really great boundaries. So another phrase that's amazing from this book is he says, if it's not a hell yes, if it's not a like resounding, like hell yes, it's a no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when you think about your priorities and what you've got to get done, like, and this is great for business owners, right? They're where they have like full autonomy and over what they're doing, but for employees, you can still operate in this way. You can still practice this while reporting to someone who's like, I'm expecting you to get, you know, X, Y, Z done. Um, the other thing that I was going to share with you. So that book is amazing. The other thing that I do on a weekly basis when I do my weekly planning is I look at the various areas of my life. So when I worked for Wells Fargo, it was yeah. personal yeah. Wells Fargo business. Yeah. And I would ask myself, what are the three high value? What are the three high value results I want to create for each of those areas? So for me at that time, I would have nine things. Like, what am I going to create this week? That's a lot. I don't recommend that for everybody. So now I just have personal in my business, right? So now I ask myself, what three high value results do I want to create for me personally and for my business this week? What do you, what do you classify as high value? High value. Well, for me and my business, it would be probably for me, what keeps the lights on in my business and in my home <laughs> is connecting with people, you know, doing the lead generation. My, the way I connect with people is very customized. It's very high touch. It's very personalized. So it would be making sure that communications are going out and coming in and going out that the communication flow is there with prospective clients. So that's high value. So it would be like, you know, message 15 people this week. That's a high value result. Like that's a number that I could point to. Another high value result might be like right now, I just launched my first group program. So I want to add value to that group. So a high value result for the group would be to get some instructions done. I want instructions on how to update your LinkedIn profile, how to enhance your virtual presence and environment, and how to prepare for an interview. So those are PDFs that my virtual assistant and kind of graphic designer is working on right now. So that's a high value result. That's going to add value to my clients. And is that, and is that another, with, the, with the intent, like in your, in your business, like, mm -hmm. do you kind of like, 
you know, chunk up and kind of like, what's the purpose of this and ultimately keep the lights on, i.e. bringing revenue. So that's the other thing. So what are the three high value results you want to create and why? So when I do this, it would be like, I want to finish up. I want to finish up the, the PDFs for the group because. So I'm like telling myself why I want to do it. Like, I want to finish this up because here's some, here's some personal ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate I hate vacuuming my stairs, right? Like I can vacuum the main floor, whatever, but the stairs, it's like literally you're sweating. It is a workout. It's a lot of squats. It's a lot of biceps. It's a full body workout. I get it. We have stairs too. It's uh, right. You know, and I have, we have literally tried three different vacuums for the stairs. It's like, what is the magical vacuum that will like make this not so awful, but it's just awful. So anyways, when I, back in the day, I, I remember doing this once, like high value result is vacuuming the stairs because they're dirty and I don't want to think about them every time I climb the stairs. Like it's taking up so much brain space for me to think about those stairs when I'm on those stairs because they're not clean. Um, so that would be a high value result. I'm literally creating space in my brain and my brain is the best tool I have. It is where I generate all of my ideas and my income, anything, everything starts here. So the more space, the more I can get critical about what I'm focusing on, the more space I have to create valuable things. Yeah. Hey, sorry. I told you the dogs were going to bark. That's right. Oh, okay. I think they're barking at my husband. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, so you do that on a weekly basis? Yeah. Sunday um, nights. Yeah. I love it. Do you, do you expand that out to like, like monthly as well and Good break question. it down to parts and or years? I don't, or, but or a orders? person could. Like I do. It's interesting that I don't do months. I do do quarters. So I actually host a quarterly strategic planning meeting with other female entrepreneurs. Most of them are coaches or VAs somewhere in there in that kind of realm of things in person from here in in Minnesota where I live. And I come up with anywhere from like five to 10 questions that have us look back on the quarter of okay, what went well, what didn't go well, what would we do differently? And then we look forward and we're like, okay, what's ridiculous? What's absolute, like, what do I want to accomplish? And then like, what would be ridiculous if I did? And so I think by doing that, those quarterly check-ins, I feel like I'm okay to do the weekly. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I have a good enough idea of where things are going every three months that then it's just weekly management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's cool. Yeah, I love that. Um, and so, kind of bringing it back to what I was saying before, and it, it, it's something that I try and do um, already a bit is like make things simpler rather than more complex. Um, and do you find, slash, from your experience as well, yeah, that kind of with essentialism, yeah, that kind of like. Yeah, just getting rid of all that other the other clutter, especially being a business owner. Like there's 10,001 mm-hmm. things you could be doing mm-hmm. at any given time. Yeah. Um, 
And so does that, that essentially is, and that essentially then builds into that three high value results. Cause then through the week, yeah. we're just focusing on those things. So this, I actually, I, I changed the, the three actions or the three verbs. So it's, it's an alliteration. So I actually learned from the life coach school um, they call it Monday hour one and Friday hour done. So they would have all their employees on all of their employees that work for the school on first hour on Monday, they do their planning. So they do this kind of very thing. And then on Friday, they actually ask themselves several questions of, again, like what went well, like, what did I do that I say I would do? What did I say I do? I say I would do and didn't do. And then what were the obstacles that got in the way? That third question about uh, looking back on what obstacles got in the way is gold. That is like money in the bank of like, oh, that thing got in the way. I'm not going to let that happen again. That's a really great way to raise your level of awareness. So <clears throat> Monday hour one and Friday hour done is their method. But when I do this so on Sundays, this is what Sundays look like. I'll get with my Evernote or your notebook, whatever, whatever you're going to do, like your brain dump, get everything out of your head, everything that's floating around, everything you want to do. And then I get to the three D's. So this is the alliteration I was talking about. So you have your massive list of all the things that you feel you need to get done, quote unquote. You go through that list and you're like, okay, what do I absolutely need to do? What do I need to do? What can I delegate? And what can I delete? So the three Ds, what do I need to do? What can I delegate? And what can I delete? And then that gets you down to a more prioritized list. Maybe your three high value results kind of come out of that list. And then you can focus on those and constrain. It's all about constrain, focus. It is about essentialism, minimalism. I totally love, I strive to be a minimalist in a lot of areas. You and I were talking about branding in the beginning. I think you can even see it with my brand. It's like, it's minimal, but it's impactful. Yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. that's the way I want to live my life. That's the way I want to live. I want to work in my business. It's the brand that I want to have out there. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I, I want to get into that because I'm, I'm also conscious yeah. of, the, of, the, of the time. And I, yeah, um, this, this is like amazing. I'll, I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you uh, or send me your invoice. I'll, yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll just welcome you to my weekly planning session. I'll teach you how to do it. Yeah, Come on in. yeah. I'll just I'll just charge it to Luke Hawkins' uh, card for <laughs> coaching. It's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I want to go into that in terms of in terms of branding because um, okay. that that's that's like it's kind of a funny thing to bring up because that's one of the key things that um, made me think to get you on here was. Wow. Um, yeah, when you showed us your pitch slides um, during the inner circle, and um, I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> Basically, both Adam and I were talking afterwards, and we were like, oh, we were "Tell like, me what you were saying. I want to hear." <laughs> oh, just, just, yeah, all, all very, very positive things. Um, yeah, we, we were just like, yeah, we're commenting how they're um, very clean, very well put together. Um, just like yeah it's it's little things that that i don't know they make a difference to me seeing it in terms of like um consistencies mm-hmm. um in in everything of like a consistency in font a consistency in layout mm-hmm. um 
kind of intelligent design from from slide to slide to slide Mm -hmm. um maybe it's like my before this whole life I was doing engineering Mm -hmm. um and so maybe it's kind of that background of like yeah that kind of analytical side is like seeing how you're using formatting that changes from slide to slide in a logical way that actually kind of moves you you know I guess psychologically it's almost a story but not really yeah 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 it's just they were fantastic um and then looking before as well checking out your your socials and checking out your website and and checking out your instagram um you know your linkedin it's it's all very well put together uh, omnipresence is what yeah, i call that's it right. i love the old word omnipresence <laughs> omnipresence so no matter where you see me it's me it's all the same yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and um uh, you know uh, yeah i want to dig, dig into that in terms of uh, you know is that you is that your digital marketer slash graphic designer where did you learn it what's the go with your with that like it's so on point <laughs> Yeah, uh, thank you. Well, I actually um, created the logo. The logo actually came off of back in the day, moo.com, M-O-O.com. I don't know if they're still around. I think they are. They're a business card um, company where you can buy your business cards um, and like flyers or postcards or yeah. you know whatever, collateral, marketing collateral. <clears throat> and they had this layout with the black circle with the J and the F, like, you know, I could put my initials in there. And literally it started with that super simple design from this business card. And I took that and like turned it into what it is today. No joke. I have, I selected all, all of my colors except for my light, like, no, I did pick the, I selected all of my colors. I literally call my like really bright red, Jamie Flora red. My friends laugh at me because I label things. Um, I don't know where the design piece came from. I think having always like when I was an administrative assistant, I knew I wanted to get into communications and I, and marketing and I loved designing things. And I had a manager who was so amazing. And so for my career development, personal and career development, that he literally bought me a $3,000 printer that was like six 